and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Meghna Giridhar, your host for today's show, sponsored by eCareDiary.com. December 1st was World AIDS Day, and today we will talk about living with HIV, lessons from a survivor. Our remarkable guest today is Mark S. King, an award-winning writer and activist who has been living with HIV since testing positive in 1985, only weeks after the HIV test became available. His blog, My Fabulous Disease, has been nominated three times for a GLAAD Media Award, and Mark has been named one of 13 iconic activists in the fight against AIDS by HIV Equal. Mark, it's an absolute honor. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Megna. I really appreciate the invitation. You know, I would like to begin the show by digging deep into your story and hearing from your end about the lessons that you learned from living with HIV since the beginning of the epidemic, practical, personal, whatever you think stuck with you since the time you've started the journey. Well, gosh, that's a lot. It's uh, And there are many, of course, lessons to be learned. And I, I tested positive at a time when there were not yet any medications to take. I was living in Los Angeles, California, which was one of the epicenters of the pandemic. And uh, it was uh, a brutal uh, time to, uh, to have to live through. And certainly when I tested HIV positive in 1985 in March, uh, it was uh, <clears throat> certainly a death sentence. It was uh, all evidence around me told me that I um, would not live very long. And, and my doctors told me I would not live very long. And so I was only 24 years old. And that's a lot for anyone, really, of course, but certainly someone who was 24, thinking I had my whole life ahead of me, um, to process. And uh, that, that, that uh, very dark time lasted, of course, for many years before there were any medications, and then those medications didn't work very well. Um, I, I, I belong to a generation of people living with HIV who have been uh, studied and observed since the beginning of the epidemic, waiting to see what would happen to us. Well, let's give them this drug and see if it works and how long they'll live. Oh, let's give them this combination of drugs. Uh, and then in the, in the uh, mid-1990s, when the effective medications really uh, kicked in, and they announced that it became clear that I was actually going to live longer, that was a real adjustment for me because I had been living life as if I would begin to die at any time and, and would be gone within a couple of years. So it was a real emotional adjustment. Um, I, I was grateful for it, but it was nevertheless kind of an emotional whiplash to then deal with the fact that perhaps I had uh, a longer life ahead of me. And now today I feel as if I will live a normal lifespan. And mm -hmm. so within that, of course, there are, there are life lessons about um, aging or, or not aging and about, you know, big philosophical questions. I, we usually have our whole life to figure out things like, why are we here? What are we 
why are we here? What are we to do here? What does it all mean? Who is God? I mean, really, the big questions. You would think you would have your whole life to kind of come to peace with that or, or uh, you know, uh, have some sort of resolution or uh, in terms of those big questions. And I figured I've got, I don't have that time. All of those life questions were condensed into a very, very brief period of time that I thought I had to figure it out. And that leads to a lot of soul searching, more soul searching than any 24-year-old or 30-year-old should have to go through. So it was, it was difficult. It was instructional. Um, it has given me a lot of practical skills uh, that maybe people my age weren't uh, uh, ready for just in terms of um, aging and the healthcare system and taking multiple medications and side effects and, and how to deal with a um, terminal illness, which is what I was living with for so long um, and caring for people with terminal illnesses because I was, I was caring for friends and uh, mm -hmm. I had friends uh, pass in my guest room uh, more than once. So, mm -hmm. uh, being up close and personal with uh, mortality and the caring of someone who was facing their mortality. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, Megna, it was, it was a terrible time, but it was the most human of times. And it was a time where, where we hang, we, we hung tight to one another and we cared for one mm -hmm. another and we held a lot of hands uh, through all of that. And uh, those experiences uh, I am left with, and I don't regret them because uh, they made me the person I am today and uh, provided a lot of my empathy and humanity for what it is I, I managed to, to, to walk through. So, you know, you're talking about your exposure to mortality, you know, close friends, passing and you being with them, you know, I'm sure in their final moments. Now that, you know, when you think back, and I've heard this happen to some people, so I was curious about this, do you feel a sense of relief? Is there a sense of extreme gratefulness for the fact that, you know, you are here and then as unfortunate as it may be, you know, with your friends passing, how do you, how do you, think back to those people that you must have been so incredibly close to and feel now, now that you're still here and, you know, they're not. You know, obviously I miss them and obviously the loss of life early in life or too early is, is tragic. Mm -hmm. And so I can't remove the tragedy from it. That's for sure. Uh, it is also true that I see, um, I see the dying process or the end of life process almost as much of a miracle as being born. There's something, there is um, a, um, a very human miracle in leaving this earth just as much as there is in, in arriving. And by that, I mean, <clears throat> I, I had the uh, privilege of, being with friends uh, in their final days, their final moments, and um, to 
<clears throat> minister to them, to to comfort them, uh, to uh, to help them transition with dignity and love. I I'll tell you, I did spend a lot of time because I was a very dramatic young man, wondering when when a friend passed, whether or not there would be some sort of you know um, spiritual something, something that would okay. show me, you know, you know what I mean? Maybe the curtains yeah, would rustle yeah. a little bit, or something would happen. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and what I came to realize uh, before long is that there was a miracle happening there. But the miracle was in those of us gathered around our friend, uh, those of us gathered around someone uh, and being with them and being uh, being united with them, being a comfort to them and there to witness the the very end of a life. That's a, that's somewhat there's some, there's something miraculous and loving and beautiful in that. And um I, I, I was privileged to do it and I was, and, and it made me realize that um, whatever, whatever spirituality one looks for or all of that, we don't have to look for special effects. You know, somebody told me God is not in the drapes, Mark. Don't look for the drapes to rustle. Um, mm-hmm. Our higher power, whatever it is, is among those of us who are there. Um, to be present, to provide comfort, and to support one another in that loss. And um, and those are some of the lessons I learned about that particular process. You know, long-time survivors like yourself are now aging into your 60s and beyond. And as much as it's a surprise, I'm curious to know how is the process going for you and how are others taking it? Uh, well, you know, you're going to get, um, you know, we're not a monolithic group, of course, those of us living with HIV, and so our experiences are very different. And a lot of that has mm-hmm. to do, of course, with the same issues that, that everyone else deals with, and that is, do you have health insurance? Do you have access to good, medic, uh, to good uh, medical care? Um, and then what kind of, what kind of <clears throat> consumer are you? in terms of your relationship with your physicians, your, your, um, the way that you uh, handle and treat and care for your own body and listen to your own body as you age. I'm now, I will be 58 years old next month. I guess I'm, I'm practicing saying I'm 58. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm <laughs> going to just say I'm 58 now so I can get used to it. Obviously, I'm not even a senior yet. But what we know is that people with HIV age faster uh, than do uh, the general population that has something to do with the inflammation that is uh, very common in, within our bodies. I don't believe I look my age, which must be an amazing accomplishment if we, in fact, age faster <laughs> than other people. Uh, but I think that I've been very, um, very conscious about my own health and about caring for myself throughout my life because it was extremely critical <laughs> that I do care for myself. Um, that's not to say that I'm a health nut by any means. I'm not. I do my best. I get my exercise when I can. I get my rest, and I try to eat right, all your basic stuff. Uh, but I, um, 
as I'm aging, what I do have uh, an advantage is that I'm very familiar with the healthcare system. I'm very familiar with dealing with physicians and asking for what I want, making sure that I am my own patient advocate and that when I go for a doctor appointment, I am prepared, man. I, I, I know what I'm going to ask and what issues I might be having. I'm not shy about sharing that. And then I'm going to make sure that physician sits there and hears each one of my questions and uh, that I get the time that I need. And that's difficult in these days for any patient to get the time they need with their doctor without feeling intimidated, without feeling rushed. Well, I, I, mm-hmm. I, um, I demand that I get the, the care that I deserve and that I need. So I, I make sure that I come prepared. I do my homework. I make sure that I come prepared with whatever issues I have going on or let's make sure we test uh, my cholesterol this time or is it time for me to have some sort of yearly exam, those sorts of things, as well as any sort of, you know, aches and pains I might be having. I, I bring those up. So I think that uh, I've always done that because monitoring what's going on in my blood work and my health has always been important because of my HIV. But now I see how easily that translates to the back issues that I have developed as I've aged Um, or uh, watching my cholesterol or the fact that I'm carrying more weight than I used to. All of those things that we want to be conscious of. Um, I already know how to work in partnership with my doctor. I already know that it is a partnership, um, that I don't take their word for it and just blindly do whatever they tell me to. I want to know why I'm taking this particular medication. I want to know if there is a cheaper version of it, if I have to take the Mm -hmm. dose that I'm taking, what the side effects are. And um, I'm kind of a baby because I don't like side effects. And I had to deal with mm-hmm. a lot of them with early HIV medications until options came along. Well, now I'm used to options. So I don't like to withstand side effects if I don't have to. And I don't think that for most people, we, we need suffer through side effects of various medications as long as we speak up about what they are and find out what the options are. And in most cases, there is one. Terrific. Thank you, Mark. I cannot express how honored we are. I said this before and I'm saying this again. You know, we've had the reason we, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of audience members who have, who came across to us and who asked us lots of questions about this. And I feel like you've hit the nail on a lot of issues that a lot of people might be going through. So thank you very, very much. Um, You're I so welcome. Our listeners. Yes, I do want to direct our listeners to your fabulous website, which is called myfabulousdisease.com, which will give our listeners a lot more to read and many more resources. So all those who are listening in, please um, check out Mark's work and all the stuff that he's involved in and all the help that he can provide you. Once again, the website is myfabulousdisease.com. I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today. Join us next time on Tuesday, December 11th, uh, sorry, December 23rd at 2 p.m. Eastern for our Caregiver Speak radio show with our caregiving expert, Marjorie Papp-Steinmetz. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit our website, eCareDiary.com. 
Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal care diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. My Twitter address is ecare underscore diary. Thank you very much once again, Mark. And we'll be back with some more questions in the near future, and we would love to have you back again. My pleasure.